You're listening to the New Point Community Church Podcast. For more information about New Point or to get involved, visit newpoint.org slash podcast. We all have issues. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of what. And it's really about how you and I are going to deal with those issues. And how you and I deal with those issues will determine our emotional health and well-being. And it's so important. Now, it has been said that we're experiencing two pandemics. One is a physical one, okay, COVID-19. But another one really is emotional and spiritually. And matter of fact, I believe the emotional and the spiritual is going to outlast the physical one. You see, what happens is we're going to find a vaccination. It's just a matter of time. And so we're going to be able to deal with this disease. But there's another thing going on, and it's dis-ease that we're really battling. And that is the emotional aspect. And that's going to linger long after we have a vaccination. And so people are still going to feel the economic issues. They're going to feel the relational issues. But the emotional state that we have to deal with is going to linger for a long, long time because our world has been turned upside down. And so let me ask you a question, okay? How are you doing emotionally? Really, how, how are you doing emotionally? How are you dealing with all that's happening in your life and in my life? You see, this is so important because we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge, hey, you know what? This is where I am emotionally because you'll never address that which you haven't acknowledged. And so how emotionally strong do you feel? How spiritually strong do you feel? Now, here's the good news, okay? You might say, Dwight, I don't feel very strong emotionally or spiritually, but here's what we need to understand, okay? You'll never be spiritually strong unless you're emotionally strong. You'll never be spiritually mature unless you're emotionally mature. And Paul gives us the key when he writes this to Timothy. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, and that's what depletes you and I emotionally. It causes us to be anxious. It causes us to experience stress, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, in order to know what mental health looks like, it's important that you and I become familiar with the mindset process. Now, we all have a process that we go through, okay? And whether you acknowledge it or not. And it's this right here. We focus on something, and whatever we focus on, we talk about, okay? It's the way in which we process things. And whatever we talk about, it affects our feelings. And whatever we feel, what happens is moves us into action. Now, here's what I want you to know okay? Whatever you focus on, and that's a decision of yours, okay, you're going to talk about. And nobody talks more to you than you. And so if you want to identify why you do what you do, if you want to identify why you feel what you feel, then you have to identify your focus. Because it all goes back to your focus. Your focus is going to be what you talk about, and what you talk about is going to determine your fear your, your feelings, and that's going to determine your action. And so when everything is flowing in the correct way, you're going to be emotionally strong. When it's not flowing correctly and you're not focusing on the right things, you're going to get stuck in a rut, and you don't want that. So I want to do something today that I believe is going to be very practical, very helpful, to get you to a state of where you're emotionally healthy, and you can develop that mindset, and you can have a sound mind. So let's jump in. Okay, here's the first one. 
Manage your expectations. This is so important. This is one of the most important things that you can do is manage your expectations because you can reduce your stress right now by managing your expectations of yourself and of other people. You see, you can't place the same expectations on yourself that you had before this crisis. It just won't work. There's no way that you can accomplish the same things that you did before. Solomon, the wisest man who lived apart from Jesus Christ, writes this. It's good to hold on to one and not let go of the other. That's managing expectations. Because the one who fears God will be able to avoid both extremes. Or I love what it says in the message. It says, the best way to stay in touch with both sides of an issue, a person who fears God deals responsibly with all of reality, not just a piece of it. And so we have to manage our expectations. So let me ask you a question. Where's your expectation? Maybe they're too high. Maybe they're too low. You just have to manage them because we're in a different season. We're in a different time. Here's the second one, and that is this. Reframe your mindset. Reframe your mindset, your paradigm, your perception. Because your paradigm, your mindset, your perception easily becomes your reality, whether it's true or not. And your reality is simply, okay, that which you believe to be true. And if it's off base, then your point of view is off base. And reality becomes very distorted. And so every single morning, you know what I try to do? I try to reframe my mindset and speak truth. I read certain things because I want to have an eternal perspective. If I just have one that is, is uh, horizontally, if I just have an earthly perspective, then I'm going to come unglued because I'm not going to see any hope. And here's what Paul writes in Colossians. He says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things on the earth. If I just set my mind on the things that are on the earth, then I'm going to be a person that feels hopeless and helpless. And so I need to set my mind on things that are above and invite God into my situation. And so here's my question. Where's your mindset? Are you reframing your mind every day and saying, God, you're going to be the center of my focus. You see, if it's only based on what you can see, then you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle emotionally. Let me give you the third way, and that is this. Develop a routine. We're talking about developing emotional health. Now, this is not something that we like to hear because it's a matter of behavioral discipline, and we don't like the word discipline. But we must remember how important structure is for us. You see, when we don't develop a structure or a pattern, we invite anxiety into our life. And so you can't just hope. I can't just hope that somehow, accidentally, everything's going to come together. So we have to develop a routine, okay? Now, it might be hard for you to believe, but I have a routine. I exercise about five times a week, okay, because I need that to relieve my stress, you see, predictability is an important stress remover. And so I look forward to that. And so I need to be able to develop routines because routines develop resilience. Predictability creates stability. Structure creates steadiness. And so Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, carefully consider how you live. That, that is so important in the season that we're living today. Carefully consider how you're living. Live wisely, not foolishly. Make the most of your time because these are difficult, evil days. And so let me ask you a question. 
How are you adjusting your routine? Have you adjusted your routine? Do you have a routine? Or are you just letting things happen? You see, you have to be able to develop a routine because that brings stability, that brings structure. And that helps you and I emotionally. Let me give you the fourth one, and that is this. Limit information intake. Oh, this is so huge. Limit information intake. You know, we live in an incredible uh, a time, okay, of the information age. And, and we get so much information from our iPhones. And it's a blessing, but too much of a good thing is not good, okay? It's unhealthy, especially when it comes to the digital information. Look at what Solomon wrote. He said, if you find honey, don't eat too much, okay? Too much of it will make you what? Sick. And so if we fill our mind with constant negativity and things that are not positive and, and that things that, that bring fear and breathe fear into us, it's going to deplete our reserves and it's going to raise our stress level and our anxiety and all those things that's going to deplete us of being emotionally healthy. Here's what the psalmist writes about it. it says, keep me from paying attention to what is worthless. Wow. So let me ask you a question. What kind of boundaries do you need to set and be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to watch the news for four hours tonight. I, I'm, I'm not going to listen to the radio for two hours today. I'm going to set some boundaries in my life because I have to limit the information. Because what happens is you and I, let's say that you and I are 12 ounce, okay? We're getting 64 ounces of information. And just as a parent would say about their kids, you know what, there's some things that they shouldn't know because they can't process it right. There's things that you and I shouldn't know that's going on in the world because you can't handle it and I can't handle it, and it depletes us emotionally. And so we need to limit our information. Let me give you the fifth one, and that is this. Connect with godly people daily. We're talking about developing an emotional health that can carry us through. You see, it's important that you connect with godly people because godly people are positive people because they have the God perspective. And godly people will share with you God's perspective when you and I get stuck. Now, we may be separated, but we don't need to be isolated. And this is so important. So you and I need to make a point to connect with people that you love every single day who are godly. I do this. And you can connect with them visually through an app, through FaceTime, or Zoom, but you need to be able to connect with them. And godly people are so important, so important. We're created for connection, not isolation. And you can do that. I can do that. Here's what the Hebrew writer wrote. Let us hold firmly to the hope we profess because we can trust God to keep his promise. That's developing emotional health, okay? Let us be concerned for one another to help one another, to show love, and to do good. And then he says this. He says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Okay, he's talking about groups. He's not talking about going to a large building, by the way, okay? As some are in the habit of doing, because one of the things that we cut out, okay, in life is relationships when we get stressed out and full of anxiety. He says, instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see the day of the Lord is coming nearer. So let me ask you a question. Are you a part of a New Point group? 
Small group, I trust that you are. If not, I trust that you will become a part of a small group here at New Point. You see, maybe God's putting it into your heart to start a group and to say, you know what, I, I need this. I need to be connected with people. And you can simply go to newpoint.org slash groups and, 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 and we'll make it easy for you to be able to do that. And so connect with godly people. It's so important. It's dangerous to do life alone, I promise you. Here's the sixth thing I wanna share with you and that is this, confess your feelings. Confess your feelings. You see, you and I are battling anxiety, we're battling free, fear, we're battling boredom, we're battling frustrations, and feelings are meant to be felt, not stuffed. So don't repress or suppress feelings, but express them to one another and confess them to God. That's so important for you and I if we're going to be healthy. Don't stuff them. Look at what Paul says here as he writes to the church in, in Galatia. He says, share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. You see, listen, listen to me. Revealing your true feelings is the first step to healing. You get that? Revealing your feelings is the first step to healing. So you need to be a part of a group. You need to connect with godly people. You need that because it brings healing to you. Listen, we've all experienced a lot of loss in the last six months. It may have been a graduation. It may have been the, the inability to have your wedding. It may have been the funeral. It may have been a job. It may have been a cut in pay. And grief is a good thing. God calls you and I to grieve. Matter of fact, he says, blessed are those who grieve so, so they will be comforted. And how does God comfort us? Well, through his spirit, but through people. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. Here's the seventh one, and that is this. Seek wise counsel. This is so important. Seek wise counsel. You see, in today's culture, we make so many decisions every single day. You're making probably more decisions now than any time in your life. And what happens is we can struggle with fatigue in just making decisions. Decision fatigue is very real. It's a condition of where we're forced to make too many decisions. And they just come at us one after another after another, and we're tired. Anybody here tired? Absolutely, you're tired. I'm tired. There was a study done by the New York Times about judges who would sit on a parole board. And what they found out is after analyzing over 100 or 1,100 decisions over a course of a year, what they found out was this. The prisoners and the people who appeared before the judge, okay, early in the morning, about 70% of the time, okay, they were given parole. But those who appeared in the afternoon Guess what? They were giving a harsher sentence because why? They were fatigued, the judges, the parole board. And so what happens is they were just making decisions. And the only difference was the time of day and the amount of decisions that they had to make. So let me ask you a question, okay? Do you have some wise people that you're going to? You know, I know that you're fatigued decision-wise, but you need wise people in your life who can bring God's perspective. And all of us do that. Because there's times in your life and there's times in my life that we can't see the forest because of the trees. Solomon would say it like this. He would say, our plans often fail because we don't seek advice. 
but listening to good counsel will bring success. So who are those wise people for you? Who, who are those people that you're connecting with that you're saying, hey, I need some help. I need a perspective on this. Who are you getting advice from? It's so important. The eighth one is this right here, and that is this. Practice solitude daily. Practice solitude daily. See, when I get around leaders, and I love being around leaders, especially those who have experienced a certain amount of success, and they have longevity, and they have responsibility, I'm always asking, hey, give me a nugget. Help me. <clears throat> I want to become a better leader. And I remember meeting with this one, and he told me, he said, Dwight, I'm, I'm going to tell you from life experience. I've observed you. I know you a little bit. You need to practice a minimum of 30 minutes a day in solitude to clear your head, to get your emotions right. He said, I need to confess to you, I lost a marriage because I didn't do it. I got so caught up in the demands and the stress and the anxiety and all that was going on that emotionally I was running low and I didn't make wise decisions. Look at what the psalmist writes. He says, be still and know that I am God. We need to do that, especially in the day that we're living in. God, you're still God. All of this is going on, but you haven't changed. You're faithful. You're good. And so be still and know that I am God. Isaiah lets us know what happens when we do that. He says, even young people become exhausted and give up too soon. That's what we do when we're emotionally depleted. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. He says, he says, they will soar like eagles. They will keep running and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow weak. Anybody need that? Boy, I do. I do. And, and so do you have a time of where you're just saying, hey, I'm going to get away from me? Okay. You might think it's selfish. Mom, you might think it's selfish. But it's the best gift that you can give to your kids, to your marriage, is to be able to say, I need some time for me. Let's go to number Nine, and that is this, be generous to others. Just be generous to others. This is so important. Now, this is counterintuitive because when we're emotionally depleted, we want to pull away. But what we're going to learn is that we need to move towards people because sometimes when you're feeling down, the best thing that you can do is to serve somebody, is to give to somebody. And this season, okay, you don't have to look very far to see somebody in need. And so we need to use this time to be generous towards other people. You'll find when you do that, your, your focus will shift and your outlook will as well. Solomon says this in Proverbs. He says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be what? Refreshed. Wow. Will be refreshed. So let me ask you a question. Are you generous right now? Or do you find yourself pulling away? See, I would encourage you to do New Point at home. I would encourage you to open up your, your, your house and to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to bless other people. You might say, I might say, hey, you know what? I'm too tired for this. I'm too emotionally depleted. But what God tells us is this. Dwight, if you'll refresh other people in doing so, this is how my principles work, you will be refreshed. And so how generous are you right now? Or you find yourself pulling back, I want to encourage you to be generous. And then finally, let me give you this last one, and it's this. Focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can control. Listen, mental health 101, okay, is focus on what you can control and trust God with the rest. You see, God has a part in your emotional health. 
but you have a part. And so you have to ask yourself, what is controllable? You have to ask yourself, am I trying to control things that I can't? You see, there's many things that you can control. You can control what you eat, when you eat, when you get up, when you go to bed. You can control all of those different things, how you spend your time, all of those things. And those all have an impact on you emotionally, if you exercise, if you don't exercise. And then you let God handle the rest, the things that you can't control. You see, this crisis that we're in, it's just revealing to you and me how much is out of our control. This is why we're emotionally depleted, because the fact of the matter is we're trying to control things that we can't, instead of controlling what we can and trusting God to take care of the rest. He has promised to do that for you and me, to take care of you and to take care of me. This is so, so, so important. The good news is God is still in control. The good news is he's promised to take care of you. The good news is he's God and I'm not. And I have to humbly accept that truth. You see, you can control your relationship with God. You can control where you place your focus, whether it's on him or something else. And when you do, guess what? He gives you and I an incredible gift. Isaiah says it like this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, mindset, is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You see, you can decide that. I can decide that. You're in control of that. I'm in control of that. We can't control the pandemic. We can't control the government. We can't control the politics. There's much that you can't control. But you and I can control how we respond. And how you and I respond affects your emotional health. And so if you and I will choose to implement these principles, we'll come out of this pandemic stronger, emotionally healthier, and spiritually more mature. I promise you. So let me ask you a question. Is there something that you need to stop doing? Is there something that you need to start doing? You see, you might be listening to this, and you might be saying, I'm all alone in all of this. No, you're not. God's there. We're there. We want to help you. Life is complicated, but we want to help you. God is here for you. We're here for you. And so let us know because we want to serve you in a way that what happens is when it's all said and done, you come out of here stronger and more mature and better because of it. Now, one of the most effective things that you can do is to connect with a group, either New Point at Home or one of our small groups, and I encourage you to do that. You will not regret it. It will help your emotional health in incredible, unbelievable ways. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that even in a broken world that is turned upside down, you give us hope. You offer us your help. And so I pray today that as we look at these principles, that we would begin to implement them in our life and that we would allow you to lead us and guide us. Help us to be intentional. Help us to be able to do the hard thing because it will bring a reward. God, I pray today if there's somebody who does not know you, that they would accept your son, Jesus Christ, as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their life and allow you to begin to lead them and guide them through this very difficult time, knowing that you're greater than any problem that any of us can face. 
and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org slash podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and don't forget to subscribe through iTunes. Thanks for listening to today's message and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.